We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The Parkins and Spiegel Show. If y'all ready, give me a hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. I'm not the best analogy guy. So, you, you know, you give a mouse a cookie, you want a glass of milk. Gabe, in a break, just gave me a, a Fields analogy. It's unreal how Bears fans have watched this for three years, and they're still, like, totally on board with it. And I said, I've driven the Justin Fields lease for three years, and I, and I don't want to buy it. I want to move on from this car. I want something new. And even I know, and the next car might not be better. I might not love it as much. But I'm ready to drive something new. But you know you don't want to buy this one. This is not it. I've seen some other cars out there that are that are nice. And people talk about the Kia Telluride. <laughs> I need to talk to you about um, cars. Oh, cars. Yeah. Use your brakes. Don't floor it. Please. Then you throw a rod, you, you flood your carburetor, you crack your block. You understand what I'm saying? Nah, man. <laughs> no sex before marriage. You know what it is, and you don't want to be committed to it. Anyone who's ever leased a car has absolutely been in that situation. If you buy the new car, you're kind of like, it's like a Lamborghini. Okay, but those new cars have concrete features that are better than the car before. It's it's better Bluetooth. It's more features on the dash. Yeah, it's wireless car holders. More acceleration. It's got more power. It's got better handling. It's got what? It's got more leg room for your legs. It's got more power. You just said that. And the thing with these new QBs, though, their value plummets the second you drive them off a lot <laughs> at, into Hallis Hall. The value just goes way down. Yep. So. But it just it hit me. I was like, damn, that is exactly what this is. That is exactly what it is. There are no wrong answers. So let's go around the room. And you just go ahead and call out features you'd love to see implemented in your ideal car. What are some ways we can make it family friendly? No space for mother-in-law. That's not helpful. Shut up, Paul. You probably love your mother-in-law. I actually do. Oh, my God. He admitted it. We go one, two, three. And here we go. Here we go. Here we go, Jeff. Here we go, Tony. The Parkins and Spiegel Show, afternoons from 2 to 6 on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. That really was a great analogy. That Justin Fields is the three-year lease okay. where it treated you well. You didn't always treat it well, but it's up and they <laughs> present you with the opportunity to buy the car. And you're like, no, I'm, I'm good. good. I'm good. <laughs> There are better options out there with newer uh, features that I just happen to be able to get for cheaper that I want to explore. Like you, you got your, your child seat already locked in in the yeah. back. It's good to go. You, you know how everything fits in the carousel. On you know the back what it does and doesn't do. Mm-hmm. It still surprises right. you from time to time. On occasion. I didn't know you could do that. Your programs are programmed in, man. You know every station that you love is just already in there and it, ready for you. Exactly. I was like, I, Gabe said it like offhand, off air. I was like, dude. Top of the five, man. <laughs> That's a strong analogy. That, uh, that was really, really strong. Dave's good with the analogy. Yeah, it's no, like, not 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 his, uh, not my superpowers. Yeah, yeah, see, I I yeah, I listened to like decent amount of Colin Cowherd in my life, and I was mm-hmm. just like, 
Well, I could never do the analogy thing. Okay. So I'm going to try a different form of sports talk <laughs> hosting. Like, like you're, that's the craziest analogy game I'd ever heard. Uh, and so, yeah, I leave, I leave that to, uh, to the professionals. And Gabe, yeah. Gabe, was, Gabe was right there. Right. So, yeah, we'll talk to uh, the new voice of the White Sox coming up in an hour. Dave Wanstead in 90 minutes. Looking forward to that. Yeah. I mean, Wani, of course, but talking to John Schriffin, that's going to be a good combo, I think. Yeah, I think so, too. I think it'll, I think it'll be very interesting, uh, the situation that he's walking into. Um, your guy, Jim Harbaugh, gets this job. The dust mm-hmm. has settled since yeah. you and I have last spoken. Like, right. You know, Belichick hasn't landed. Vrabel hasn't landed. Uh, Boomer Esiason says that Ben Johnson will be the coach of the commanders because there are coaches who are still coaching, obviously, this mm-hmm. weekend. Who could get head coaching job? But a lot of people really upset about like the coaching timeline of everything. What are they supposed to do? Guys make the playoffs. Guys make the Super Bowl. Is everybody supposed to wait until everybody's done coaching? I don't I, know. Yeah, probably not. But I knew that. Like I said it on the air. Like if I was a Lions fan last week, my defensive coordinator took four interviews during mm-hmm. the week of the game, and my offensive coordinator took five. I would be a little concerned. That's also been going on for a hundred years. I know like, it, it's not new. I'm not saying it's new. <laughs> And teams find a way to win the Super Bowl despite that. Oh, but sometimes they lose. Yes. Sometimes (laughs) they they do. (laughs) But what's interesting about that is who was the coach that you had that was the craziest of like like Andy Reid sleeping with a cot at the facility type Uh, of crazy? Jim Jim Moore Jr. in Atlanta was was super intense with that kind of stuff. Like just never got the impression he went home. Right. You know, fizzled after a few years in Atlanta of some decent success. Right. I just – I would think like – you would maybe look at this and be like, oh, the Lions coordinators were able to spend, what I mean, what do you think? Those interviews, their virtual interviews at this right. point, yep. probably three hours, mm-hmm. maybe. You got to yeah. be a little bit of a dirt bag. Yeah. So Ben Johnson did five three-hour interviews plus prep time mm-hmm. leading up to the divisional round. Yep. That's 15 hours where he wasn't game planning for, for Tampa. Mm-hmm. And Aaron Glenn did four of them, so that's 12 hours that he wasn't game planning for pick, and they still figured out a way to win. You would think that maybe the coaches could, like, take their kids to school. You know <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? Like The odd thing is there's a reason a lot of coaches have a dozen kids because they go home, they hang out with their wife, they don't really spend a lot of in-season time with the kiddos, and then from there, it's like, oh, the off-season, let's take one cruise, and I'm going to get back to being a coach. I guess. I'm just like, it, it, if it works – Go have a little bit more work-life balance. Well, that's why. I mean, in Jim Harbaugh's scenario here, coaching in the NFL, the schedule of that is so much more manageable than being a college football coach, which is truly year-round and nonstop and 24-7 because it already was, and then you add in name, image, and likeness and the transfer portal, trying to retain your roster one season to the next. And also – just full-on year-round game planning to some extent like you do in the National Football League. It is a truly endless slog of just constantly being in coach mode, whereas the NFL, you do have a legitimate offseason. Yeah, the when college salaries started to get huge and like really get like when Mel Tucker got his $95 million deal and was like, I don't know that you've done enough to actually right. earn that. Yeah. It is a worse job. So you got to pay uh-huh. more. You know what I mean? Like the, yeah. the, the, the lifestyle of the college coach is much worse than the NFL. And I'm not surprised at all that Harbaugh went to the NFL. It bums me out that the Bears never considered it. That, really? That's what it just it bums me out. Yeah, that's that's like the easiest way. because mm-hmm. it, it just how they did it feels like small thinking. And all they've said since Kevin Warren has been here, that it's going to just be about big thinking. Mm. And so 
Ryan Poles dismissively saying he's the coach at Michigan. <laughs> what, what an idiotic question. He's the coach at Michigan. <laughs> um, no, he isn't. And he used to play for your team. Mm-hmm. And it he just also it, played for the Chargers, though. I know. As they were all over social, reminding everybody of. It, I know. Remember those last two seasons where Jim Harbaugh actually played a little bit of football? That was here. Well, not here, but it was for our brand. Right, right, right for our brand. Yeah, yeah. Not here. In, in that other place in this same state. It was somewhere else nearby and a long time ago, but he was here. He was briefly here. Yeah, it was. Do you think it'll work? Yes. Right? Yeah. That's the thing. It's just what, that's what he does. That's what, that's. I, I will be far more shocked if it doesn't work. And that's, you know, even despite knowing the talents of the QB. And I, I like Mario Cristobal. I liked Willie Taggart, like calling Justin Herbert's games in college. Oh, this is an uber-talented quarterback who was down the street from Watson Stadium. How lucky are the Oregon Ducks? And then, you, you know, you get the, the coaching carousel that was there from Mark Helfrich, who was here in Chicago, to uh, Willie Taggart, to Mario Cristobal. But then, in the end, Justin Herbert's talents won out enough for him to become a high draft pick still. And then he hasn't had great coaching, great head coaching in the NFL either. Now he will legitimately have that. This will be the best coaching environment that Justin Herbert has ever been in. And so if anything he's going to achieve from this point forward, Jim Harbaugh maximizes the QB and the full roster in, a, in an exponential way everywhere he goes. Yep. They will – their roster is in a worse spot than the Bears right? because of age and yep. cap situation. And you, you would know this better. You've interacted with him. I don't want to say bored. That's probably not right for any of these egomaniacs. But, like, if they win a Super Bowl with the Chargers and there's a Super Bowl parade and he looks out and he doesn't see a big crowd, you know, like, mm. not all championships are created equal. Yeah, that's fair. You know, in terms of in terms of legacy and kingmaking. So, for him, is it just, like, winning a Super Bowl? It's the last thing that he has to check off of his coaching bucket list and he'll be one of the only coaches to have a Super Bowl and a national championship and he'll be able to make the – you know, I'm one of the best football coaches, any mm-hmm. level argument and all of that sort of thing. I, I, I get Southern California, Herbert. I get why it's appealing, yeah. obviously. But a title for the Chargers is not the same as a title for the Bears. It just isn't. By comparison, yes. That, that, I think I'm, that's accurate. That's and, all I'm doing. I'm just comparing those two. Right. Now, I think if the Bears pursued Jim Harbaugh, I, I believe Jim Harbaugh would have been more likely willing to if you just compare whatever packages they both put on the table. My impression is Jim Harbaugh would have been more likely to accept this situation in this city with this franchise. That's what I'm saying. Than the Chargers. Um, but it's still going to be, if he wins a Super Bowl with the Chargers, it's still going to be pretty damn special. You of know what I mean? of course. You know, there, there's a very short list. Who, who is it? Jimmy Johnson, Barry Switzer, surprisingly enough, uh, Pete Carroll, of course. And I think like Paul Brown, kind of in the previous generation, but like modern era, it's, it's quite a list. And Jim Harbaugh has the potential to add himself to that of who've won championships at the collegiate and the professional level. Yeah, just assigning those things to him, I'm like, he just seems to love the energy mm-hmm. and the passion of it. Yeah. Right? Winning a national championship at his alma mater would have been different than if he would have won it at Stanford. Right. It's just different yeah. uh, because of the personal tie-in. So I would have thought that, hey, man, like if he was really ready to do it this time, which he clearly was, but they weren't ready for him. They, a, they, they didn't want him. There's a number of Michigan people, though, who keep telling me that they – they feel like there was a legit chance for Michigan to keep him in Ann Arbor, and I, I think it's it was a greater than zero percent chance. But I don't know. Just we we've been watching this play. I was talking to you about it however many weeks ago. We've been watching this play out with Jim Harbaugh for quite a while now, and it was the the Vikings a couple of years ago who didn't offer him 
Last year it was the Broncos who didn't offer him. He's wanted to get back to the league for a while now. Want to run some thoughts by you on the state of the Bears coaching searches as it relates to the personnel that they need to fill. You and I haven't talked since Shane Waldron has come in the door. Uh, Big Ant Heron in for Matt Spiegel. New White Sox voice, John Schriffen coming up. At 325, it's Parkinson Spiegel on the score. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. Parkinson Spiegel. Oh, yeah. Sounds like the law firm you call when you get a parking ticket. <laughs> Afternoons on the score. Anthony Heron in for Spiegs on the Parkinson Spiegel Show. What are you giggling about over there? Oh, uh, just texting about Big Ten stuff. Big oh. Ten basketball. You don't care about Big That's Ten hilarious. Basketball. Yeah. Big Ten basketball, laugh a minute. <laughs> Better offense in Big Ten hoops than Big Ten football? Ooh, uh, yes, actually. Right? Yeah, 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 that's fair. Now, well, I don't know. The, <laughs> team, the team's at the top. The team's at the top perform offense at a high level in both ways. So, you know what? They're, they're similar. Because Big Ten hoops, <laughs> there's some good defense being played, but part of it is bad offense as well. Yeah. Well, once you kind of get to the middle and bottom of the conference. So, similar in both, I'd say. Okay, yeah. Like, Ohio State's amazing in offense and football. Purdue is amazing in offense and basketball. So, you got the teams at the top of the heap. And, you know, from there, it kind of fades a bit. Then it becomes Iowa football. Well, Iowa would be down, <laughs> down there somewhere. You know? Yeah. yeah. But uh, yesterday, I floated – that Shane Waldron maybe doesn't tip their hand on Caleb V. Justin, mm-hmm. but that it might tip their hand on number nine because of how much 13 personnel he's run the last couple of years okay. in Seattle, Brock Bowers. And people got very angry. I like the amount of thoughts you put into these things. Thank you. I, I put a lot of thought into this, buddy. <laughs> uh, that, like, oh, well, you don't like Cole Komet. There are bigger issues on the team. One of the toughest defenses that I've seen in my lifetime of watching football to defend was the Gronk, Aaron Hernandez, Patriots. Like, I don't think that Cole Komet would be some like extinct figure on the Bears if they drafted Brock Bowers. You want them to trade Komet? No, not yeah. at all. But like, I, what do you what, what do you think of the theory? Like, the most the most popular guy is Roma Dunze. You know, a, a, a wide a big wide receiver to pair with DJ Moore. Right. What do you think of the possibility? of a big tight end to pair. Now, I would say Marvin Harrison Jr. would probably be the more popular between the two, but both are viewed as elite receiver prospects. But I'm just saying, if they're drafting Caleb at one, they're not getting Marvin Harrison Jr. I I see what you mean. At at nine. At nine. I got you. That's what I'm talking about. I'm 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 talking about at nine. I'm talking about what what is the next biggest Mm. offensive need, and do you think Shane Waldron in any way would his system, his play calling – would it tip your hand in you know in any direction on that pick? Obviously, he should enjoy both. He had mm-hmm. Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf and Jackson Smith and Jigba in Seattle, so clearly three wide receiver sets would be great. Right. And they used, like I said, uh, Desley and uh, Noah Fant mm-hmm. a ton in Seattle too. So like it's all out there. But do you do you have a preference between those two for the Bears, Bowers or Adunze? So you're going to get really upset when they take the top edge rusher at number 9 and I'm not going to get really like upset. I mean they are going to get radio mad about it. I no, I listen. I might get a little radio. Mad I, mean, I might know, get a little radio mad about it. Because I like how your mind only has gone to offensive playmaker at number 9 because if you take a quarterback at 1, you got to get him a playmaker, right? 
but the Bears' defense, as I've heard you admit to, could still use some upgrading as well. So significant, if a- yeah, absolutely. I, listen, I think that in the off season, if I was, if if I ran the world, and I should, uh, imagine that Caleb, an edge rusher, a center, and a second pass, and a second pass catcher, yeah. like a an upgrade on second pass catcher, whether it's receiver or tight end, center, edge rusher, Caleb. Those would be my top four needs for the Bears. So, yeah, I, I agree that edge rusher is a possibility yeah. at number nine. I'm just asking you in the context of Shane Waldron. If, okay. if she, I'm not dismissing edge rusher. I'm not, right. I mean, but if Shane Waldron had his pick of Roma Dunze or Brock Bowers, who do you think he would prefer? Do you have a do you, or do you not feel like you can answer that question right now? Which I, is also totally fair. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't answer it with as much accuracy as I would be able to a month from now. But I, my, my immediate thought is that the the second wide receiver is, is something as far as just what what I know of Seattle's offense in recent years. You know, where sure multi tight end sets have have been more prominent in some ways, but as far as thinking of tight ends as big time playmakers in the pass catching category, I think of Seattle and two and three receivers in, in certain games all having big games more so than I do multiple tight ends having big games in the same game. So my my first blessed reaction is that a number two receiver for the Bears would be more likely, more plausible than a number two tight end. Now, obviously, Ryan Poles, Matt Eberflus, what they would hope this Bears offense would become would be a big part of that also. And, you know, Robert Tunyon, you're thinking like, all right, he had a few nice grabs or whatever. He had that big drop that he had in the game this year. Yeah. You feel great about Tunyon being your second best tight end. Or if they just view it and say, you know what, we need more athletes, more playmakers, Brock Bowers, if he's the best guy on the board at number nine, let's just get him, and and there'll be better receivers still available in round two. You'd be better at explaining the football porn of it than I am, but I think the the reason why it's so tough is if you have two tight ends like Komet and Bowers on the field together, it's basically impossible for the defense to have a a tip on if you're running or passing. Right. Right. Is that, is that like the simplest way yes. of explaining? Yes. Whereas, you know, three or four wide receiver sets, mm-hmm. more likely to be pass, sing, right. single back with a bunch of tight ends out mm-hmm. there, it's more likely to be to be a run. Right. When the offense runs mm-hmm. big bodies on the field, the defense tries to get big bodies out there too. But when the offense's big bodies are versatile, and yeah, we can try to run it at you with multiple tight ends, but then also we have the ability to spread you out or to get into tight formations and get our guys in space. You're going to have trouble covering them because your little guy isn't going to be able to cover our big guy out in the open field, then you, you give the offense additional advantages when they're able to utilize their personnel as chess pieces that way. All right. Yeah, so I don't know, man. It's uh, it's very exciting. Like, I, I Bears fans seem very angry and very tense, if I'm just judging the texters okay. and the callers and the internet. Mm-hmm. These are all fun hypotheticals. In theory, the Bears have good problems when right? it comes to this offseason, this draft. They can woefully screw it up if they get some of this stuff wrong. Oh, well, please. <laughs> we, <laughs> not going to put it past them. I'm not going to put it past them either. Do you have a scenario where right now you would predict that they screw it up? Um, like, like what I mean, if, if they don't develop Caleb Williams? Yeah, if they draft Caleb Williams and don't develop him adequately, which is part of the conversation, whether today or tomorrow, since I'll be back with you tomorrow, where I, I do think there are a number of teams. No, who, let's just do it. Let's talk about it. Okay. Like right this second. Well, yeah, yeah. And then into the next segment, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the the amount of teams who – I actually I ran some numbers on it and everything. Where oh, wow. Before this week where I had more time. I got extra busy this week, shockingly so. But uh, at the end of last week, I went through the last quarter century of every team in the NFL, how many quarterbacks had led them to the playoffs, uh, how many times their record had been 500 or above. And there 
are a variety of examples of teams who haven't had kind of that one great QB, or even in Green Bay's case, that those two great QBs that keep them, that keep them sustainable and have done a lot of winning over that period of time, far beyond anything the Bears have been doing, but the Bears are in the bottom half of the league in that regard. But getting the one great QB is, of course, the best-case scenario, but there are a number of examples around the National Football League of teams over the last quarter century who are consistently in the playoffs. Multiple head coaches, multiple quarterbacks who lead them to the playoffs, and yes, there's only a few who win the Super Bowl all the time, so that is your best-case scenario, but living in like the reality of what you're most likely to hit on, getting the right coach, having the right infrastructure to develop your quarterback at that time is a way to still sustain winning that yeah. a number of teams do at a much higher level than the Bears have. I mean, yeah, I mean, only a few have done it at a lower level than the Bears have. About half the league. Like, I, I can actually, I can pull up the numbers I did. I, I talked through a little bit of this with Gabe last week. I, I can I can pull up some of the numbers and, and go into because I, I had a couple hours. I think it was on Friday or something like that. I had a couple hours during the day, and then I was on with Gabe that night. And I was I was caught off guard. I was surprised by some of the numbers that I actually got into when I looked through just the last. You know, the Bears drafted a quarterback in the first round in 1999 and just comparing where they've been since then in drafting, I think it's been four first-round quarterbacks in that last 25 years of the Cade, teams in football. Cade, Rex, Mitch, and Justin. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And the, the teams in football who've been able to sustain winning far beyond anything the Bears have been doing with playoff appearances, Super Bowl berths, records of 500 or above with various quarterbacks and head coaches. And the, the get the quarterback right, yeah, the Patriots did that, and they've been great for a quarter century for the most part. Yeah, Green Bay did that. You can, I'd, I'd even put like put New Orleans in that conversation too. I mean, the Colts, okay, first ballot Hall of Famer right, who yeah. was there for a decade. There's yeah. a whole lot of teams who won at a really high level without like having that that one guy. So whoever it is they go with, you got to get a lot of other stuff right for it to be sustainable. All right, well, let's go through some of the data. We'll talk a little bit about the White Sox play-by-play job before uh, John Schriffen joins us. Dave Wanstead and Brady Quinn at 4 o'clock. Anthony Heron in for Speaks. Parkinson Spiegel on the score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.